Anyway, go ahead and go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. So, 1 Timothy chapter 1, we are going to uh, this passage that we're going to read. This is the passage that we read uh, two weeks ago when I did the, or three weeks ago when I did the first sermon about what Old Testament laws should we still follow. And when we were reading this passage here, I had mentioned, uh, don't let me forget to expound on this verse and preach on this verse. I made note of that because there is a very, very important thing I want to teach here tonight. And this goes right along with something I have been trying to figure out. How do I illustrate this? How do I teach this to people? Because I feel like this concept I want to show you tonight is something that a lot of people that are uh, you know good people that are trying Christian people are just missing and they're not getting and it's hurting them greatly when it comes to their own Christian walk and I really hope you can get this tonight so look what it says in verse five of First Timothy chapter one it says now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned from when such having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling desiring to be teachers of the law understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that a law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Now, folks, if you can get these five verses or six verses nailed down tonight, it is going to help you understand how to go back in the Old Testament and look at that law and know what to do with it. If I can succeed in expounding these to you in the way I want to. So, pray for me as I try to preach this to you. But first, let's review a few concepts that we've learned so far as we've been going through this when it comes to the law. Okay, and First off, we need to understand that laws are made for the wicked. Okay? Notice how he said that at the end of this. The law is not in verse 9, the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless. A lawless person is a wicked person. It's naming off murderers, whoremongers, defilers of themselves with mankind. What are that? What are they? Homos, queers, you know, sodomites. That's who they are. Laws are for those people. Why? Because they're they're evil, they're scum. They do bad things. They have to be controlled. Somebody has to tell them what to do. Somebody has to make them do the right thing because they are not able to do it on their own because they are such wicked people. But for you and I, if we are the right kind of people, the end of the commandment is charity. What does that mean? It means if we have love, if we love the Lord, if we love our neighbor, we don't need laws. We don't need a law telling us that we can't, or you know, telling us not to kill people. We don't need me because I'm a good person. I don't need gun laws. Walmart doesn't need to tell me when I go into the store that I can't carry a gun, because, or you know, because if I carried a gun in there, I'm not going to hurt anybody. In fact, I would make the place safer if I went in there with a gun. Okay. Now our laws will support that, so I'm not going to do it. But at the same time, I don't need those rules. Okay. I, if I love the Lord, if I love my neighbor, I'm good. That's the end of the commandment for me. I don't need all these other details in there. But wicked people, you got to get specific. You know why? Because love your neighbor, it's not enough. We were talking about this this morning. You know, how about 
you know, there are these two these shootings just happened, two of them yesterday. How about instead of passing a gun law to stop murders, how about they just make a law against murder? Everything about that? How about they just say we're going to pass a new law. Congress is getting together and we unanimously, Republicans and Democrats, we have all agreed that murder should be illegal. Now, that's already illegal, isn't it? But it doesn't work. You know why? Because there's wicked people out there. And passing laws that only affect good people isn't going to help. It's never helped. In fact, it makes it worse. Because... You know, think about it. What if more people would have been carrying in Walmart this last week or yesterday? You know, they probably would. You know, they probably wouldn't have got shot. They could have shot back. But you know, you know why I don't carry everywhere I go? Because now I'm scared of the government. I'm scared of their messed up, you know, goofy laws, and I'm scared of them. I'm more scared of the government than I am terrorists. I really am. I'm more scared of our. I don't hate to preach separate houses. I'm more scared of our government than I am terrorists. I'm more scared of a knucklehead cop that might get scared that I'm packing a gun and might do something stupid to me than I am a terrorist out here. That's just just the reality of it. But anyway, laws... So another thing too, laws that limit wicked behavior in the Bible doesn't necessarily mean it endorses behavior that was less wicked. Okay? Okay? Because that's what people do. They'll see a law about beating the slave, you know, and not killing them. It's like, well, the Bible's fine. You beat your slave as long as you don't kill them. No, it's not. It's not endorsing that behavior. It's not endorsing selling your daughter as long as it's in your own country. That's not what it's doing. Laws limiting bad behavior or extremely bad behavior is not it okaying less wicked behavior. So that's just foolish. But the Old Testament we learned last week it had carnal ordinances that Jesus finished. These were laws that were against us. Thou shalt not kill is not against us. That's for us. I'm glad thou shalt not kill is in there. And I'm glad that our government has a law that's against murder to hopefully help stop some wicked people that may be around me. Because there are people in this community that need those laws. I don't, but they do. Okay? The dietary laws and some of the specific clothing laws were meant to set them apart as a physical nation. And I didn't have time to get into this last week, but we were talking about the mixed fabrics that everybody wants to bring up, that there was never a death penalty if you wore mixed fabrics. But one of the reasons God gave them specific clothing things is once again, He wanted people to be able to identify them as the people of God. And what's another thing that we often identify people by? Their clothing. You know, you can tell if somebody's from a specific culture by the clothing that they wear. If you see a guy wearing a plaid skirt, what do you think? Scotland. Or queer. That's what we think. You know, there's certain things that if you, know, if you see somebody wearing a sombrero, you're going to think Mexico. All right? that's, that's how it is. And so God, for, that, for them, because they were a physical nation that were set apart... God wanted there to be some differences. And just like food is a notable characteristic of a certain ethnic people, clothing is another thing. And so God had those things for Israel. But we are not a physical people anymore. We are a spiritual people. And God did not give us any of those things. He did not give us dietary things. He did not give us clothing things. These things are spiritual. And we talked about some of those last week. So, 
Let's go back here to First Timothy now. So I got I, this. It's so important you get this concept. So the end, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. How to explain this? All right. Now I, I couldn't find a whiteboard. I want to have the whiteboard, but everybody was already making fun of me and telling me I looked like Robert Breaker because I was wearing a white shirt with short sleeves today. You know, I was being told to look like a Mormon today. I was being told to look like Robert Breaker. I don't know what was the greater insult. But then if I'd have been up here with a whiteboard, then I'd have looked. It really looked like Robert Breaker, so I didn't want to do that. But I. Here, here's what I want to do to help illustrate this. All right, so I need moms especially to help me out. All right, okay. Let's let's write down ten rules, ten laws for being a good mother. All right. What? So if you want, if, if you're going to try to help some other woman who's maybe going to have her first baby be a good mother, what are? Let's get let's give her ten commandments that she has to follow. All right. Somebody give me some rules real quick. Be patient. All right. Patience. Anybody else? No lying. All right, don't lie to your kids. No telling them there's a Santa Claus. You know. All right, what, what about feeding them? All right, you should feed them, right? You know, feed them. You know, change their diaper. You know, keep them clean. All right. What, what's the more thing? All right. What's that? Oh, my hearing's bad tonight. You got to talk loud. Love them. Love them. All right, there we go. That's pretty general, right there. But you know, yeah. So let's let's get a little more specific on that because if we get too general, then you're going to hurt my illustration. All right. But well, you know, so hug them. All right. You know, physical affection. You know, kiss them. You know, do these. Do, you know, do these things. How about play with them? Hey, these are things good mom do. What else? Your hand going up. It's like I thought I saw your hand going up. Give me one more. Give me one more thing. Teach. All right. Teach them. Educate them. Those are good things. All right. So would you all not all admit? That if you do, these are things that you should do if you're going to be a good mom. You should be patient. You know, you shouldn't lie to your kids. You know, tell them the truth. You should feed them. You should clean them. You should love on them, hug them, kiss them. You should play with them, and you should teach them. You ought to educate your kids. Those are all good things. Uh, you know, all things that a good mother should do. So let's say you know, we've got this list, and we've got this mom. She's trying really hard. She wants to be a good mom, but it's just it's not instinctive with her. Right? She's you know, and moms are off. They're often nervous. Like, you know, I'm going to ruin this kid. You know, when you first have that baby, you know, a lot of times they have that fear. And so a lot of times people, it's like, they, you know, they want to have this list. Okay? And it's the same thing in the Christian life too. People, they often get saved. They get in church. And it's like, I want to be a good Christian. I want to have a good family like the pastor and his family. I want to be like the other people in these churches. So what do I got to do? Well, they hear the pastor get up. It's like, you know, and rip face about, you know, you need to be patient. You know, some of you people, you have no patience. Your houses are miserable. It's falling apart because there's no patience in the home. They're like, all right, patient. All right, if I start being patient, I will now have a good family. You know, I'll be a good person. I'll be a good Christian. You know, and they'll hear another mess about soul winning. You know, you need to be a soul winner. You need to be, all right, soul winner. I'm, I'm going to add all these things. And they're always looking for the next thing to add on the list. To help them. But one of the things you'll find out with these people that are very list driven, they always you know, they always seem like they're miserable people. Okay? They always seem like miserable people. And when you force people to follow these lists, they seem like they're always the most militant about making everybody else follow the list too. Okay? And so and here's the thing. This list that I gave you right here is great. But you realize what we've just done, we've just wrote down a whole bunch of laws and a whole bunch of commandments. Okay? Now, the truth is, I ought to just be able to say, love your child. 
That should be enough. You know another one I'm going to add to the list? If you love your child, what are you going to do? You're going to spank him, right? We're putting spank on there, all right? We're adding that to the list. Okay? But, now, but here's the thing. So, if you are a mom and you're doing everything that I put on this list, does that automatically make you a good mom? Okay. No, it doesn't. You know why? Because you know what's something we didn't put on the list? Stop your kids from choking. Okay? Because here's how some people are. They're so big on their list that they were taught. And they go to these IFB churches where you know, they're always the main things that you know, those churches specialize on. They force everybody to do. And so all these people think, alright, if I follow the rules, if I start dressing this way, if I don't go here, if I do this, all of a sudden I'm going to be happy. And they never are. They're always miserable and they spread their misery in the church. But here's, here's the thing about a list. You can never put everything on a list. Okay? If you're just list driven, you're going to be messed up because one of these days, your kid's going to be laying there on the floor like you know Kelly. She's crawling around now. You've got to watch she, anything she finds, she puts it in her mouth. And they're going to find a marble or something. And she's going to put it in her mouth. And she's going to start choking. And you know the mom... You know, so let's just say we had a mom doing that. She's following all the things in this list. But all of a sudden her baby's choking and you're like, uh, aren't you going to do something about it? She's like, I don't see where we're giving your child the Heimlich maneuvers on the list. I'm already doing everything you have to do to be a good parent. Okay? I, there was a lady at my dad's church who said, I did everything right with my kids. And they turned out rotten. Oh no, you didn't. You did all the things that were prioritized in our church. Okay, And the, the truth is, there isn't a list in the world that includes everything. In fact, there's not even the Bible doesn't even include everything. Did you know there's things that you can do that are bad that are not even mentioned in the Bible? Because, for example, we have the whole Old Testament law that's full of laws, but yet, what did Jesus say when He was talking to the Pharisees? You know, you have heard this been said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, you shall look on a woman to lust after her, You've committed adultery already with her in your heart. So wait a minute. You know, now all these guys who thought we're in the clear, we've never committed adultery, are finding out we're still not righteous. And the truth is, no matter what list we make, we're never going to be able to do everything on these lists. Okay? And these lists don't necessarily, you know, automatically make you a good person because there's always another thing that can be added. So it's like, alright, fine, I'll add stop child from choking you know, on my list of what it takes to be a good parent. But the truth is, we shouldn't need lists to, or, or laws or rules to force us to do things. God wants us to do things from the heart. God wants us to do things in the Spirit. And the truth is, you don't have to tell most moms to stop their kids from choking. Okay? Don't most moms instinctively do that? Now, why? What makes most moms instinctively go protect their child from choking? It's called love. Why is it that most moms, and I have to say most because we live in a messed up world today, why is it that most moms today, when they have a child and their little baby explode their diaper and it goes all up the back and all that stuff, I mean, that's, folks, that's poop. That's disgusting. But moms, they don't cast the babies outside. I ain't cleaning that up. What do they do? They take that child and they clean that nastiness off of them, don't they? You know, and even dads, I've done some of that before too. 
Most of the time you got to send them outside and wait till mommy gets home. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, we don't do that either. Okay? All right, that's disgusting. But nobody has to tell us to clean them up. We instinctively do these things. Nobody has to tell us to feed the child. My sister, when she was going home with her first baby, you know, the hospitals are always real picky with parents with their first babies when they go home. And like the last thing the doctor said to him before that's like, don't forget to feed the baby. It's just like, what do you think we are? But the truth is, you got a lot of druggies that are out there having kids today, and they don't do that stuff. So I kind of get why they're concerned. But the truth is, if you are doing things out of charity or out of love, out of a pure heart, out of a good conscience, out of faith unfeigned. In other words, you know this is the right thing to do. In your hearts, you are convinced that the Word of God is right, that these things are right. No one has to give you a commandment. Do you all understand that? It's going to just come natural to you. You're naturally going to do these things and the truth is, a mom, if she has to just constantly try to do all these rules all the time, and is constantly obsessing over these rules, you know what? She actually has a problem. Most moms don't need a list like that. They instinctively know what to do if they love their children. And I'm seeing this a lot. I see it a lot in this movement where there's people, they listen to the preaching, and they're always looking for these lists. They're always looking for that easy thing that they can check off. And I've told, I've told other preachers this before too. You know, I believe you ought to have multiple kids before you get ordained and stuff like that. But it's like you've got a lot of these people thinking, I need to have two kids so I can be ordained. Wait a minute. You don't go have two kids so you can be ordained. You know why you have two kids? Because you, you have kids. Right? It's just the right thing to do. It's be fruitful and multiply. It's because you have a healthy relationship with your wife. It's because that's just natural. That's just, that's just normal. You do these things because it's the right thing to do. Nobody had to tell me I needed to go have seven kids. We just had seven kids. We, we, just, we just did it. And if we have to be told to do these things so we can have other things, y'all realize we have a problem. You're not doing it out of a good conscience. You're not doing it out of faith unfeigned. If you're going to read through your Bible so many times so you can be qualified to be a pastor, then you know what? You're missing the boat. You should be reading through your Bible that many times just because reading your Bible is a part of your life. You should be reading your Bible that through that many times because that's what everybody ought to be doing. You ought to be loving your wife and having a good marriage, not just so you can be qualified for this. Qualified. No, because it's, it's the right thing to do. That's why you ought to do these things. Just because it's the right thing to do and, it, and nobody ought to have to tell you to do these things. Nobody ought to, nobody ought to, you know, nobody was telling me, you know, I wanted to go in the ministry when I, when I was 19 is when I started to be, go to the ministry. Nobody told me, all right, Tommy, get married, go have kids, do this. I just did it. I, I did not get married so I would be qualified to be a pastor. I got married because I fell in love with my wife. And because we got married and we do what married people do, we started having kids. And, we, you know, and the Lord's blessing there. We, we never did any of these things so I could just say, I fit, you know, I can mark this off, mark that off. Y'all see what I'm saying? And unfortunately, a lot of people are doing that when it comes to, when it comes to the law. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 21. It said, I really hope I can get this message across the way I want it. Because if you're, just, if you're one of these list people, you're never going to get it. There's always something that can be added to the list. 
You're always going to feel like a failure. You're always going to be messing up. That's just, that's just what we do. None of us are perfect. Okay? So what do we do as Christians? Then? So do we just throw out the law? Do we do like the trendies? Well, let's not preach in the Old Testament anymore. It's just about love now. And the thing is, there are so many things that the trendies say that are like that close to the truth. But I'm telling you, that little difference will lead you straight to hell. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating to hear some of the things that they say. But Galatians 3.21 says, <clears throat> Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scriptures had concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So notice how he's saying there was no law given that could have given life. In other words, there was nothing that we could put on our list that would make us worthy of eternal life. Do you understand that? There's no law that we can have you follow that if you follow this law, you're now worthy of eternal life. But And the Bible says, if one could have been given, if a list could have been made to make you righteous, to make you worthy of eternal life, well then salvation would be by the law. But do you all realize, even if you kept every law in the Old Testament, the truth is, it wouldn't have been enough because salvation doesn't come by the law. Because even if you never committed adultery, if you ever looked at a woman to lust after her, according to God, that's a sin too. But I don't see where that's in the Old Testament. What's he doing adding laws? Okay? The truth is, those laws were just our schoolmaster to bring us to salvation. And nobody ever even did all the laws that were in the Old Testament except for Jesus. And even if you could have done those, you'd have done some of these other things too. You might have hated your brother in your heart. You know, and all these different things. Why? And you say, so why did, why did the looking at a woman to lust after matter? Why does hating your brother matter? Because it's more, it, it's, it's more than just checking off a list. We're supposed to get the spirit of these things too, aren't we? So for example, and I've used this illustration before, you know, what are some good things that a wife ought to do? Alright? Cook, right? And then, you know, we can put, you know, we can put cook, and we can make a whole list for our wife, so she can be a good wife. But do you want, do you really want to have to go and write down ten commandments for your wife and put them up on the wall? Ten things that, you know, woman, if you don't do every day, we're done. And you're a failure as a wife. Do you really want to do that? I'm seeing the look on some of your husband's face. Like, that ain't going to go over well in my house. I'm seeing some of the women like, that wouldn't go over well in our house. And that, that's no good. Do you really want your wife cooking for you so she can put a check mark on the list knowing she can stay with you another day since she succeeded? Is that why you want her doing these things? No. Nobody wants that. You know why? Because you want her doing these things from the heart, don't you? That's why whenever a wife says, why don't you ever get me flowers? And then you go get her flowers the next day, it doesn't do any good because she knows that you got her those flowers because you told her to. Or she told you to. And it wasn't from your heart and therefore they're not satisfied. <laughs> and so, it's the same thing. In order for us to be righteous, we're supposed to be doing the right things, but we're supposed to be doing them for the right reasons. And if you're just a list-motivated person, if you're just trying to check things off on the list, you're missing the spirit of it, and therefore you've missed it. God wants us doing things in the Spirit. 
And when you follow the Spirit, you're not going to violate the law. Remember? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. You all understand that? The fruit that comes from us walking in the Spirit are all things that there are no laws that violate. you all get that? Because what I'm basically telling you right now, while we've been talking about the law and how it's good, I believe God wants us, and don't take this the wrong way. I hope you don't take this the wrong way. You know what I think He wants us to do? I think He wants us to throw away the list. Okay, and I'm not saying get rid of the Old Testament. Okay, But here, I think He wants us to forget about the list and He wants us to just walk in the Spirit. And when we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we are following, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the fruit that will come from that will, are all things that there are no laws that we can violate. So do you see how I'm not telling you start breaking these laws. I'm telling you if you have the right spirit, if you have the right attitude, you won't violate the laws. Does that make sense? Alright, we getting that? Alright, because see, if your heart's not right, these rules will be a burden one thing. If your heart's not right, you're not going to want to do those things that you need to do to be a good mom or to be a good husband or a good wife. Because all you care about is just checking off a stupid list. But the truth is, there is no list that is available that has everything that we need on it that will make us the perfect husband, that will make you the perfect wife. And even if we have a perfect list that had everything that you could possibly put on there, none of us are going to follow that thing completely, are we? None of us are going to be able to do that. And it's going to create a bur- it's going to create a burden on our life that's going to make us miserable. And God wants us doing the things that we do in the Spirit for the right reason. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to fall short, aren't we? We're all going to fail. We're all going to mess up. But does God want us to say, well, I ruined that list. I give up. No, you know what He wants us to do? He wants us to keep going. He wants us to keep moving forward. And so if your, if your heart is not right, these things are just going to become a burden. You're not going to be doing it because you want to. And if your heart's right, you're not going to need the rules. The end of the commandment is charity. If I love the Lord, if I love my neighbor, the laws are fine. The laws will take care of themselves. If your heart's right, you're not just going to sit around when your baby's choking. You're just going to get up and say, I don't need a rule. I don't need a list. My husband, I believe in following my husband's authority, but my husband never told me I had to keep the baby from choking. Well, did he have to tell you that? You know, did he have to mention that? He, you know, there's some things that should, that should just go without mentioning. And so many people today, they're looking for that perfect set of rules that will make them happy. But understand, these rules, this list, you know what it does? It exposes us as failures. Do you understand that? So if you're some mom trying to find this perfect list, if I can do this list, then I'll finally feel good. I'll finally feel secure and being a mom. But these lists, all they do is they're reminders that we're failures. And do you know what the Old Testament law does? It reminds us that we're failures. And the truth is, we do need that to bring us to the point where we admit we're a sinner and we call on the Lord for salvation. But after we get saved, does God want us wallowing in our failures? 
Does God want us wallowing in the things of the past? No, we, God wants us moving forward. He wants us looking ahead to things. But rules and lists, they expose all of us. And so understand, when we're reading the law, when we're, when we're studying the law, all it does is it condemns us. It does. It shows us that we're failures. And I believe God wants us, instead of focusing, so, looking back on that law, He wants us looking forward to Him. Because every day, okay, our past, we're forgetting those things that are behind us. We're looking to the things that are ahead. Well, today, I have my failures, but you know what? I need to forget about that and I need to look forward to Christ. I need to keep on moving ahead. And every day I'm going to have failures, but as long as I'm always looking forward and I'm keeping my eye on Christ, I can have a relationship with Him. I can grow. I can become better. And as long as I'm keeping my eyes on Him, my focus on Him, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I will, in the long run, I will break less laws. I will be less of a failure. And so... You know, one of the things that we could put on these lists too for a mom, don't leave your kids places. Okay, but how many moms here have ever left their kids somewhere? All right, I know we've left. <laughs> yeah, I think Allie somewhere twice. Or was it, who we leave at the Soul Winning Conference? Is that you, Chloe? That was Chloe. All right, so we've left Chloe somewhere once, and uh, fortunately there was a lot of people around that we knew. The McLaughlins were there, and uh, they took care of her. But they had to call us up. Yeah, you guys have Chloe, and then. <laughs> We did the same thing. We left church one time. Allie was at the park. Didn't even notice until we were most of the way home. <laughs> yeah. We turned around as fast as we could. We're coming back. She was When we came back, she was running down 12th Avenue trying to run home. Thankfully, we got back before she got to the busy streets. She was running down the road crying. Okay. Now, you say, well, a good parent doesn't leave their kids behind. That's right. And we messed up. Alright? So do we say, well, we just blew this list. We're done. We give up. You know what you do? You forget those things that are behind you, move forward. Alright, let's not do that again. Alright? We've got to do a kid check every once in a week. You know, we've all we've all had those moments where we messed up. You know, all of our kids in here have probably ate something they shouldn't have, swallowed something they shouldn't have, you know, been to the emergency room for something dumb. I mean it's happened with all of us, okay? As parents, aren't we supposed to keep our children safe? But yeah, how many of your kids have ever been to the emergency room? Alright? Uh, ours have. Okay? We mess up all the time. And so these rules, they do. They expose us as failures. Now, is keeping your kids safe a good rule? Keeping your kid from breaking a bone? You know, cutting themselves? You know, leaving them? Are those not good rules? Are those good rules? Yes. But those rules only expose us as failures. And the law is a good law, but it only exposes us as a failure. And the true way for us to be victorious is not by us obsessing over a law where we're trying to keep all these things, but by us trying to walk in the Spirit and following after Christ. By us doing things out of charity, out of a good conscience, out of faith on faith. And here's the thing about the good conscience. Many people today are sitting in churches following the church's list of rules that they make a big deal about. And they're doing it to fit in. They're doing it hoping, well, they seem like they've got a good life. Hopefully this will make me have a better life. They're not doing it from the heart. 
They're not doing it out of a good conscience. They're not doing it out of faith unfeigned. So you know what they're going to do the first time things go south? They're going to give up. They're going to quit. That happens all the time to people in church. They come into church. Their you know, life's a wreck. Things are going bad. So what do they do? What's everybody else in this church? Okay, they dress this way. I'm going to start dressing this way. Well, wait a minute. Do you know why they're dressing that way? Hey, it's good to dress that way, but you might want to figure it out first. Because you need to do it out of a good conscience. You need to, Well, I'll start dressing that way so these people don't judge me. Wrong. Good rule, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You need to do it out of a good conscience, out of faith unfeigned. Otherwise, you might as well just not do it. Because all you're going to do is you're going to give up later, you're going to turn your back on it, and you're going to end up hating it. So, you know, the truth is we're a bunch of failures, but you know what? Many, many people who have failed to do many things on this list, you know what? They've turned out some great kids. Many people who have, I mean, there's probably moms in here, you've messed up at least one of these, you know, with each of your kids, but yet, people still turn out good kids. Why? You know why? Because the Spirit was right in that home. While the parents didn't ever, you know, they could never say, I did every little thing on a list. What was done in that home, it was done out of charity. It was done out of a good conscience. It was done out of faith unfeigned. They did their best following after Christ. And they had the right kind of spirit. And they succeeded. They turned out good kids in spite of all their failures. Why? Because grace was in that home. God gave them grace in those situations. And isn't that what we all need every day from God since we always fail? We need grace every day. I'm not looking to the law to see how I did. I'm looking to Jesus Christ to give me grace for wherever I failed. Because I guarantee you, I failed somewhere in every day. Say every parent. You know, how many of you parents in here have ever hurt your kids accidentally? Okay. I, I, you know, Sarah talks about when Tommy... First came home. I don't know. He was really young, and she went to go open the blinds, pull the thing down, and pulled the blinds off and fell and hit him on the head. He got a little gash in his head. Felt like the worst mom in the world. Well, did you know that it is a good rule to not hurt your kids when they're newborn babies? To not pull blinds down on their heads and cut their head. You know that's a good rule. She didn't follow that rule. If they say a good mom is someone who doesn't you know, accidentally hurt their kids and cut their heads, my wife, she can't put that check mark on, can she? So what does she do then? So she, well, I, I failed. I, I'm giving up. No, you, you keep going. You, know? you, you, you keep on trying. And you know, so far, Tommy's doing, you know, he's doing pretty good. You know, despite the fact she almost killed him. You know, she, she didn't almost kill him. but We've all done these things. So... You know, I'm not saying we need to throw out the rule book. We're not. But I am saying that if we have the right kind of spirit and the right kind of love, we will naturally follow the rules. Look what it says in Romans chapter 2. Too many people are worried about the list. No, you need to worry about the spirit. We're supposed to walk in the spirit. And it says in verse 12, For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, 
These having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when Christ shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So notice in here how they, you know, these Gentiles, they didn't have the law, but they were doing many things that were contained in the law just by nature. They were doing it because Gentiles, while lost, were capable of being loving people. Were, you know, they had a conscience. They had a law written in their hearts. And they were able to do the right thing even though they didn't have a law. You know, there's many cultures today that before a missionary ever got to them, they had laws against killing. They had laws against stealing. They had laws against homosexuality. Why? Because they were decent people. They had a law written in their hearts. And they did by nature the things contained in those laws. What made them do the right thing? Why is it that there are so many lost societies that don't have Christ, that don't have the Bible, that are decent enough to put down perverts? You know why? Because they're loving societies. Because they love their people. They love their children. And so they naturally protect their children and know that you know perverts and homos need to be put down for the good of the community, for the safety of the children... They put them down. What made them do it? It wasn't the law of God, but you know what it was? It was love. They were loving people who have a good conscience and they just by nature did the right thing. And that's why there are dozens of countries that put almost to death. Because they have love for their children. Say, so, but yeah, a lot of these are Muslims and they're you know they're terrorists, they got a wicked religion. Yes, but you know, even if people have a wicked religion, it doesn't mean they don't necessarily love their kids. And so these cultures, they love their they obviously love their kids, so they put down perverts. That's just the, that's the way loving people are. So lost my lost my spot here. So you know, having said all this, you know, when we see the first Timothy chapter one, verse five, what's it saying? Alright, so it's saying if I have charity out of a pure heart, then I don't need a list of rules. Love the Lord will be enough. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. It says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You all see that? All the laws fulfilled in that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If you do that, you're good. Love your Lord. Love your neighbor should be enough. If the women, so, if the, for example, I mentioned Matthew five twenty seven through twenty eight, where Jesus talked about if you look at a woman to lust after. Okay, how do we avoid that? How can me? How can I, as an individual, have you know not even sin in my heart in that area? Because if I just put down a list and I'm concentrating every day, all right, Lord. Help me follow this list of not looking at a woman to lust. All that's going to do is put my head to look at a woman in lust. It's going to rot. It's going to bring in me all manner of concupiscence, like Paul talked about. That law is just going to make me like. For example, if you say, you know, don't look at that woman, what does everybody do? They look at that woman. We just if I just if I'm making these rules, all right, you know, don't do this. You're just automatically going to do it. 
So, but I don't want to do these things. So how do I, how do I get this right? How do, how do I protect myself? Well, remember what Paul said in 1 Timothy? We're not going to turn there. Chapter 1, he was talking about how to treat the other women in the church. And he talked about treating the younger women as sisters with all purity. Okay? Now, how is that going to help me? Because no normal, decent person that's not a pervert lusts after a sister. You know, but they do love their sister. They're protective of them. They care about them. God wants me loving the women of the church. He wants me caring for them. You know, being protective and all those things. And if I am loving women like sisters in the church, then the last thing I'm going to even think about doing is lusting after them. So the truth is, I don't. I don't need a law telling me don't look, don't lust. I what I need to do is I need to walk in the spirit, and I need to love women in the church like a younger sister and then I don't have to worry about that, do I? That that will take care of itself when I do that because if your heart's right, you know, you're not just going to... You know, so you're not going to have to make yourself do these things. You're just going to do it right. Notice also, says, you know, or, you know, if I'm doing what I'm doing out of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned, then no one's going to have to force me to do the right thing. Okay? It's saying do it out of a good conscience in a faith unfeigned or without hypocrisy. Okay, and this is the problem for a lot of people. When it comes to the rules they're following, they're not convinced. You know, did you know there's a lot of people in this movement that go soul winning just because that's what everybody says you ought to do in this movement? Did you know there's a lot of pastors that are going soul winning that don't even really believe in soul winning? Now, here's the problem with that. When you don't really believe in it, as soon as the wind shifts on soul winning, you're not going to do it anymore, are you? But you can't stop a person from doing it who actually believes in it. You can't, you can't make them quit. They're just going to do it. Why? Because they know it works. You, know, you don't have to... You, know, you, you can't stop a mom from trying to save her baby from choking. She loves that baby. She knows it's the right thing to do. So she's going to stop that baby from choking. You don't have to force a mom to go change that baby's diaper that's just exploded all over the place. Why? You can't stop her from doing it. Right? Because she's a loving mom. She knows it's what she needs to do. She knows it's good for her baby. So she's going to do it. Nobody has to tell them to do it. And someone who actually believes that if, they, if somebody believes the Gospel and calls on the Lord to be saved, you're not going to be able to stop people from going and telling everybody about that. But unfortunately, you've got to twist a lot of people's arms you got to give a law. you got to get up and preach a sermon telling them how they're everything and you know, call them all these names if they're not doing it because that's the only thing that will motivate them to it. you got to give them a list. you got to tell them if you don't do this, if you, don't go, you're not, you, know, you're, you can't do this in the church, you can't do that. That's the last reason we want them doing these things. And that's what's going on in the old IFB when it comes to dress standards. They've used the Christian schools as the enforcement mechanism to get them doing things that they should just be doing. Tell them, if your kid's going to go to the Christian school, your girls can't wear pants, they can't do this, you know, you're not allowed to watch these movies. So you're giving them this handbook, you're giving them all these lists, forcing them now to do these things, making them a burden, when the truth is, if they have love, a good conscience, and faith unfeigned, without hypocrisy, then they wouldn't need those things, would they? You know, it says something about these churches. It says something about these people that they even have to have a handbook. But folks, they have to have a handbook. 
I, I, I've been around these Christian schools. I've been involved in these Christian schools. If there's no handbook, then it's going to get out of control real fast. You know why? Because laws are for the lawless. You know what that means? Wicked people are in these schools. Uh, wicked people are in these churches and they do need those things. But you all see how that's a problem right there. That's a problem. But you can't stop a parent from doing the right thing when they know it's the right thing to do. You can't stop me from spanking my kids when I know it's going to help. But you know what I see a lot of people doing that just irritates the snot out of me? And I haven't really seen it much around here and I better not see it around here. I've watched it. I've been around long enough. I've been around church long enough. I've raised kids long enough. I know if a parent spanks their kids, it doesn't spank their kids. And I see these people, they come into church and it's like they've got to put on a big show of spanking their kids. Why? To impress everybody else because they know everybody else in the church spanks their kids. Listen, home is the training ground. Church is the testing ground. Now, if you need to spank your kid in church, I'm not against you doing that, but can you try to make it private? Do you really have to put on a big production and a big show just showing how hardcore you are and how hard you spank them? Don't do that in church. I I was telling stories today just about things I've experienced. I'm thinking about one lady. I was talking about this afternoon. First time she ever came to church. I'm sitting back in the sound room and I listened to her in the bathroom spanking the fire out of her daughter I mean, it was screaming, weeping, wailing. It was one of the most crazy things I ever heard in my life. And I'm just... And you know what it was? It was a show. It was a show because she knew I teach spanking in this church. She's got to prove to everybody. Listen, why do people feel the need so much to let everybody know they spank their kids? You know why? Because they're insecure in their parenting. So they're always putting on a big production. Why is it the people who have all these strict rules always got to make sure everybody knows they have it. You know why? Because they're insecure in what they do. So they like to flash their list around. Look at all these things I do. Because they're insecure. If you are secure, if you're doing it for the right reasons, without hypocrisy, you don't need to broadcast it to the whole world. You don't need to let everybody know about it. You don't have to talk about it every time you open your mouth. But a lot of people do. And you know what? It, it bothers me. It makes me sick. I won't be publicly spanking my kids to impress those around me but I will do it in the best way possible to benefit them. Why? Because I'm trying to benefit them. I'm trying to help them. And so following laws, they're not going to make us miserable, but they will make us happy. Because, And I know they'll make me happy because I will reap if I faint not. That's what the Bible says. And isn't it, you know, and isn't it interesting, Dave? I, I see three separate groups in Baptist churches today. In Independent Fundamental Baptist churches. Three groups... They all came from the same background. They all came from the same rules. But yet it produced three completely different groups. Okay, the first group, there's those who grew up fundamental Baptists, but they are bitter because of all the worldly pleasures they were not allowed to participate in. And they all act like they're cult survivors. Okay, These people are all over the internet acting like cult survivors. My parents, they started going to this church and they made us start wearing skirts. They made us start going soul winning. They told us we couldn't watch TV. They told us we couldn't do blah, blah, blah. And I'm so thankful I survived to get out of that cult. I mean, those are all over in the fundamental Baptist world. But the thing is, I came from that same thing. I had all those rules and then some. And you know what? I'm a part of that second group that I'm thrilled that I missed out at the pleasures of sin for a season. 
because I've seen what it produces. I've seen what it puts out. I'm enjoying the rewards of not having to deal with those things. I'm so glad I don't have these baby mamas out there somewhere that i got to pay child support to. I thank God for that. But you know what my crazy cultic parents did? They wouldn't let me date until I was old enough to get married. And then even when I was dating, we weren't allowed to go off by ourselves and do whatever we want, touch each other. I mean, we had all kinds of crazy strict rules. But you know what? I got to the marriage altar pure. And so did my wife. And we've been with each other and it's been great. I thank God that I grew up in a crazy cult, if that's what they want to call it. Because I have benefited greatly from it. But I'm from the same thing they're from. So why the different attitudes? Because there's a third group too. You've got those who grew up fundamental Baptists. And they still haven't figured out if they're supposed to be happy or miserable yet. They're always listening to both sides. It's like, oh man, I had those rules too growing up. Oh yeah, I'm, my mom spanked me one time. Oh yeah, you know, I, they, they, you know, they they wouldn't let us go watch this movie when everybody else was doing it. Yeah, I'm a victim too. I know some people like that. They literally grew up happy, got married happy, got online, and learned that they were miserable. I'm not lying. I mean, everything went great until they went online and somebody told them you came out of a cult. And they made you miserable. Oh, yeah. That's how dumb some people are. Alright, so you just have the idiots who, if they're around preaching like this, yeah, I'm thankful. But if they go online and they're reading these blogs and things of cult survivors, they're like, oh man, I'm miserable. And they're always torn and they can't figure out what to do. But what's the difference in these groups? They have the same rules, the same religions. The difference, here it is. Some had a different spirit. Some people did the right things in their homes for the right reasons. Mom and dad did what they did out of conviction because they knew it was right. They did it from the heart, not from the letter. They weren't making the they, you know the kids went to the same school that the other other kids did, but mom and dad didn't make their daughters wear skirts because it was on the handbook. It was because that was what they believed. Mom and dad didn't say you guys aren't allowed to watch this movie because if we do, you know, it's in the handbook. You know, we'll get kicked out of the school. No, they did because it, it was the right thing to do. They had the right kind of spirit in that home, and they didn't need a handbook. They didn't need the rules. You know, we've been out of you know, we've been out of my dad's church now for almost eight years. Our kids have been out of the Christian school for almost eight years, and we're we don't have a handbook anymore, but we're still following it. Why? Because it's from the spirit. Now, is there any handbook out there? That I'm 100% that we've followed 100% of those things. No. Okay, there's been failures, there's been mess ups, but I can tell you what, when it comes to what we are doing in my home, when it comes to what we are not doing, we're doing it out of charity, we're doing it out of a good conscience and out of faith unfeigned. And sometimes there's rules that maybe they're overreaching, they're out of line, and you've got to back off. But the thing is, people who do things from the heart are better off. Those who did it from the heart made plenty of mistakes. Group one, yeah, their mom went overboard spanking them one time, spanked them too hard, and they're still traumatized to this day. But you know what? They also. But then there's group two, my group. I guarantee you, there's a few times I think my dad spanked me probably harder than I deserved. In fact, I got spanked many times, but I didn't deserve it. I'm still convinced of that. But I know my dad loved me. I know he was doing the best he could. 
I could go and I could write, uh, you know, do a post on Facebook about all the mistakes my dad made. But you know what? While he made a lot of mistakes, there's no doubt my dad's spirit was right. He tried to be the best dad he could. And I'm thankful for that. And so I'm not going to focus on the mistakes and act like a victim like these people are doing. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to bring that stuff. Were, were there areas where maybe my dad was a little too strict? Yeah, probably. But he, what the rules that he had were his conviction. You know, it, He did it for the right reason in the Spirit and it didn't mess me up. I'm fine because of it today. So... Others, though, they didn't do these things from the heart, but from following the letter, and they never found peace because they could only see their failures. And if you're just constantly looking back at that letter, you're only going to see your failures. But you know what you need to do? You need to forget those things that are behind, and you need to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling God in Jesus. Paul had plenty of failures and mistakes in his past. But he said, I'm not looking back at those things. I'm not going to go back and look at the Old Testament law to see all the errors where I fail. I'm going to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to press toward that mark because while I have all these failures in the past, I have salvation, I have grace, I'm still going to be like Jesus Christ one of these days. And no matter what you've done in the past, if you're saved today, one of these days you're going to be like Christ. So keep your eyes on Him. Keep your focus on Him. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you have the fruit of the Spirit against such, there is no law. You will never accidentally break any Old Testament law by walking in the Spirit and by having the fruit of the Spirit. You'll never do those things. You won't even need to worry about those things. You'll naturally do the right thing. So what should you do to help your heart get right? And this is the key, and I'm not even going to preach this. I'm going to preach on this the next couple weeks. Because you need to get this. okay? Because with too many people, they just can't get past this list. They can't get past this letter. How can you fix your heart? What people need is they need to fix their hearts. They have a heart problem. And I believe the key to that is 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. If you grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ, you have to grow in grace. Because the more you... The closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to see yourself. But, you know, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you know what's going to happen when you grow in your knowledge of the Lord and you grow in grace? You're not going to be one of these ultra-critical, picky, down on everybody, talking about who all broke the rules. You're not going to be one of those people. You're going to be a gracious person. You're going to be cutting people some slack. You're going to be giving people a break. You're going to be showing forgiveness because you realize that every day Christ, Jesus Christ shows us grace. Every day we get grace. Your growth and your knowledge, it will make you more gracious. But let me tell you what learning more about a list does. It makes you more critical. It does. It makes you more critical because you're growing in knowledge of the law, but you're not growing in grace. And folks, this law is important. It's still good. But what did it say in First Timothy? It's for the lawless. It's for the murderers. It's for the whoremongers. It's for the homos. 
We're not supposed to throw that law. Our society needs some kind of guidance when it comes to dealing with wicked people. And here's the guidance for it right here, that Old Testament law. But us as Christians, we're not obsessing about these things all the time. We're not gonna, we don't, we shouldn't have to go through, alright, we're gonna do an in-depth study of every Old Testament law that still applies today so we can find out what all we're doing right and what all we're doing wrong. We're not gonna do that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the New Testament, figure out how to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to figure out how to be gracious people. We're going to figure out how to walk in the Spirit. Because if we do that, those things will take care of themselves. you all get that? So we're not going to go step by step through every law, talk about every one of those things. We don't need that. Okay? That is for our government to talk about when trying to figure out how to deal with the animals that are out in this world. They need it. That. We, we don't. We're going to walk in the Spirit. So I hope that was that made sense and everyone was clear. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much for Your goodness to us. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Help us, Lord, to walk in the Spirit. Help us to grow in grace and in knowledge of You. Lord, help us to be a gracious people. Lord, I do not want a pastor or a church full of people who follow a list but are just miserable, mean, judgmental. Lord, I want to follow... I want to pastor people that love You, that are walking in the Spirit, knowing that the law will take care of itself in those areas if they do those things. Lord, I want people to be happy and uh, to do, be doing things for the right reason. I pray You'll use these messages to help people with that. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's